Welcome into the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. It is a Wednesday, which means Briscoe is just going to be here. We don't know what day he's going to be on a Briscoe Friday, but you're getting Briscoe Friday on a Wednesday, baby. Briscoe Hump Day, baby. No better time, no better way to do it. There are a lot of better ways to do it, I'd assume. Disagree, personally. I think the best hump day is one that involves me. I used to. You're dressed up today. Yeah, I am. I'm wearing a suit. Like the penguin pin, though. I mean, I know it's Thank the you. brand penguin, but yeah. I'm a big penguin guy generally, so I like that part of the of the fit for sure. I had someone who was fairly intoxicated one time at a, uh, I don't even know where I was at, maybe a wedding. Didn't know the person. Came up to me and goes, I love that suit, but you know you take the the penguin uh, pin off. I go, out, sure. I, I, I go, I get it. But I like it, yeah, and so I'm gonna keep it. Yeah, this isn't gonna surprise you at all. One of my go-to moves whenever I am like suited up is I will just pick one of my like favorite pins, sure, and put I, it in the in the buttonhole or whatever the boutonniere hole. I do that all the time. You stick it in the buttonhole sometimes. I, I, you always got to put it in the buttonhole. I, uh, I like to, I like to do that with sort of a little, you know, a little extra flair there in the outfit. You're a big pocket square user. Oh yeah. Um, mm. which I don't think I've really crossed that. You know what I started doing yesterday, Sterling? Do I want to know? I think so. In the words of the Arctic Monkeys, do I want to know? Uh, I I have, I'd like to make another Arctic Monkeys reference, but I don't have a super easy segue. So I'll just tell you that I finally, I should have probably started doing this sooner, have started browsing for uh, wedding suit options. Oh, I bet you look boy. good on the dance floor. Oh yeah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip it up out there. Is that a reference to something? Arctic Monkeys, come on. Sorry. I'm not like a super fan. I'm kind of a casual. First album. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to be an, an Arctic Monkeys casual. It's just sort of how it's happened. I kind of forget sure. they exist until like a conversation like this. And then tonight I will probably go listen to some Arctic Monkeys on the way home. Maybe. First album, listen to it. Fake Tales of San Francisco. Okay. Marty Bum. I mean, it's just outstanding. I've never, I've never heard an Arctic Monkeys song that I didn't, or at least gone through an album that I didn't enjoy. So yeah. um, it feels right up my alley. I just got to kind of dip back in. One of my old neighbors growing up in middle school was British. It's funny that the house he lived in in my parents' neighborhood actually looked British too somehow. And I don't, they, they didn't build the house. That's how they do that. They didn't yeah. even build it, but they moved into the one house. They're like, yeah, that's, that's totally in some like 1800s, you know. Interesting. Not really 1800s, yeah. but it was all brick. And so it looks British. But. He was the guy that got me hooked on the Arctic Monkeys, that first album, because we're like, oh, yeah. oh, dude, you're from Britain. Oh, we haven't gotten this over here yeah, yet. Yeah, so now we're all in. And yeah, now we're all in. I'm on LimeWire.UK.CO right now. And by the way, I got the suit, but you have the nice drug rug. Yeah, we got to talk about this, I assume. It's not a drug rug, though. It's 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 softer than that. It's like yes. the, It's like if... The people that made it took care in making said drug rug, drug it, rug. It's so I I had a uh, one of the one of the poncho sort of things that you are so crash crassly re- referring to as a drug rug. Um, what else would you call it? I I don't know poncho it's, it's, things. No, it's great. No, yeah. it really is good. But I had one of those like itchy sort of yes, woven. Everyone ponchos. who owns one of those, what do they do? You, this was at a time in my life when I was toke. more youthful. Yeah, and, yeah. okay, same um, thing. So I'm not. I'm certainly not going to uh, like confess anything from my earlier years when I was absolutely legit, not sarcastic. Total square. Total. Uh, you know, do you know? Do you know the first time Dylan just walked out of the room, which is too bad. Cause I yeah, him great. To hear yeah. This also. I love when our producer just says, "No, screw it." So hopefully, no I technical difficulties. Questions. I think there might have been some here today, and I'm okay. not completely sure where they've led. Do you want to? You want to take a jab at when I uh, when I finally had my first drink of alcohol? What age? Oh, are you actually a 21 year old? 
I was 21 American years old. My 21st birthday. Congratulations on being by the book. No, and that's the thing. I'm not proud of that. And that's not necessarily a... a you should I'm going to ask Dylan the same question when he walks back in here now. Dylan, I imagine something terrible is going on, and so whatever it is, like, uh, okay, wait, he doesn't look concerned. I want to ask you the question that I just oh, asked. he's also like, leaving again. Going yeah, on. Don't worry no, about it, no, Don't, don't worry about okay. it, we'll, we'll No, no we don't have a show going on but or something. But I'm, uh, I will look. I mean, when something's on fire, you got to... Dylan's the only one with an extinguisher over here on this, on this side right now. Um, so... I had one of those like ponchos that I wore some. I kind of like how it fit, but it was, sure. you know, it was itchy and all of that. Very itchy. So I found this is actually the second like color of this that I have bought because I first got one that's a little more colorful. I'll wear it again it's sometime powerful. soon. Looks good. Sort of that same pattern, but it's it's a little thicker. It's a almost feels like a sweater, but it's button on the front. It's a button up. It's a classy. So it's like, it, it's, it's, classy. Like, it's like a flannel drug rug, but it's thicker. It's a little more oversized. I feel good in it, you know. You're a classy smoker is what it looks like. Yeah. It I, looks like yeah. you're a classy guy with the mustache especially. With the mustache especially. Yeah. And the little chain that you have rocking right now. Yeah, you really look in, like a... Sometimes that's in the shirt. Sometimes it's out when I got layers, you know. Y- you look like a guy... Or jeans today. Now, here's a guy... Now, here's who, a guy... Who lives in Portland but wants to look like he's from New Mexico. That's yeah. that's the vibe I'm getting right now is a dude yeah. who's a hipster who wants to look like he lives in New Mexico. It's it's kind of funny because like I've never lived in the the Southwest, but my grandparents moved out there when I was when I was young, and so I've been to Arizona a whole bunch of times, and that was at a very formative time in my like aesthetic life. <laughs> so like I legitimately like really like turquoise jewelry. Oh, of course, and, yeah. Like the whole the the throwback uh, coyotes jerseys oh, sure. and the whole logo package. All that my maybe, the my, maybe my favorite backs, of all time. The, the snake. All of that sort of that that southwestern imagery um that is inspired by the the culture that's there that i sort of drove by oh this is fun i like all of this when i was little we went to i remember this is so boy we, i i'm sorry this, it's been a pretty serious week of radio so i'm really i've just got some wacky stories bubbling to the top but like, i remember my family going through new mexico on a i think we we're just driving um to my grandparents house and back one year we stopped in new mexico and like Walked through a little like street market with just some handmade turquoise jewelry and some on cool peyote. stuff. And I and my and we were all on peyote, including my at that point like four year old brother. And we were all just uh, loving life, just vibing, just vibing out. So yeah, this this shirt uh, and the other. I'll, like I said I'll wear the other ones soon because it's great. Um, re- well, oh god, I just love how I have another totally ridiculous. Like there's tangent. like six states though that you're just you just automatically assume it, it's it's weed. Like that, just yeah. like Colorado, you say Colorado, you're like, well, how about those weed stores, guys? Yeah. It's really funny how some states just get that rap. Kansas, you just, in, in Missouri too, for the most part, you think barbecue. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of You mean fu- just like word association? Yeah, word association. Colorado's definitely weed. That's, and like mountains. Yeah. Um, Skiing. That's what I was going to say. Skiing well. isn't bad. So Florida Dylan, is beaches and bath salts. Really, that's definitely <laughs> true. Dylan, since you've got the, uh, the the earmuffs back on here, I want you to. I don't think I've ever told you the answer to this. Do you want to guess how old I was when I had my first uh, alcoholic consumption? I'm being vague about the unit because I want to leave all the. I want you to take everything you know about me. Because um, oh, look, here's the thing. I I'm probably go would, 16. I wouldn't ask the question if it was a normal answer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I wanted to go 16 because I thought. That's average or par for the course. What and then and if you had to push it, and you're trying to, you realize the meta information of me adding, um, asking you this question. What would you? What would you? I give. I gave you two shots. Sixteen's not exactly right. I'll give you that. 
Was it 14? I was 21 years old. Oh, okay. You're well, going way wrong. That's, Next but that's answer because, was 12. But that, because <laughs> that's... That's the cur- that's the vibe of the guy that wears the shirt right. that I'm currently Correct, wearing yeah. Yeah. and has this mustache. So I really don't know what happened to me, man. I I don't. The mustache looks like a bad cop from can't. the '80s. I hope my mom's not watching. Yeah. You watch Murderville? Have you watched it oh, at that's all? That's hilarious that you said that because Michael told me to watch it last night, and I watched it for the first time last night. Actually, we, me and Jason and Mick all talked about it today, and both of them did shot clock reviews on it. It's stupendous, and I think Sterling, you would really like it. I would like it. You know what I, I liked? What'd you like? The fact that Briscoe and I actually hung out outside of work yeah, for a New Year's oh, Eve party. Do you about this? Oh, uh, are, you, are, you, are you upset by this? We need one more person. Dylan said he couldn't come, and I was like, fine. I guess Sterling would probably get here. I did invite Dylan, I, but your, your, invite, your invite was secured first. Okay. Sterling, Sterling has crossed the Rubicon into... Um, like invited to actual like Renee to Renee's parties. Renee's parties. You're getting yeah. invited to Renee's <laughs> parties now. That's really what it's about. Because I, I, uh, yeah. I, fr- frankly, I, I didn't see you hanging up all this stuff. Did you create the murder mystery? No, no God, it was Renee. No, Did no, you God. cook the food? No, no it was Renee. It, it's it's no. Renee's I clean, party. I clean the house. That's what I clean, and then she like decorates on top of the clean house. And sure. That's, That's how good it goes. delegation. It's uh, good. It, it works out most more often than not. But the food was great, so Renee did a great job. Girl, a fiance Renee now. The fiance Renee. That's and right. she works for a murder mystery she, yes. company. Among her many ridiculous jobs that sound fake, working for a murder mystery company. Yeah, fr- is, frankly, every is single one, one has sounded fake. And She's currently on a trip right now to do uh, puppet shows in the uh, St. Louis area. I think. See, this is wild. And, and again, I don't know oh, if you're serious or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the more I learn, the more I'm intrigued. I could probably do two truths and a lie with Renee's jobs, either ones she's had recently or or has currently, and I, I bet I could stump you guys pretty well, confidently. we did a murder mystery, and it was outstanding. Uh, it turns out I was the murderer, and I had no idea. And who did you kill? Uh, I, I killed you. Sure did. I killed you. You sure did. But Sterling there- really, this, I don't think this would surprise anyone who actually knows Sterling. I don't know if it would surprise radio listeners to Sterling. Sterling will really dive into a character, and I appreciate that because because uh, it takes an amount of self comfort and also like the chops to go and get it. And and Sterling Sterling has both of those things. Bone down on it. His My character. name was Bony Green, Greeny Bone, Greeny Bone, Greeny yeah, Bone, sorry, Greeny Bone. Which I think was Renee making a dog bone chew yeah. reference, but I just thought about it. it's me, Greeny. Yeah. Hashtag Greeny. So, so it was great, and I got real into it. I had my whole catchphrase that I was just that was boned down thrown on it. Bone down on it was my catchphrase. It was a daytime TV talk, and that wasn't on your like paper, show, right? You just came up with that. No, it was on there. Oh, it was on there. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Either I know it's very good. Yeah, it was great, and I just wanted to make sure people knew this. And you definitely made it stick. I, I didn't know that I was the murderer because the way it was written was actually very clever, which yeah. I appreciated more. Yes, because you don't know, and at the very end, you guess who did it, and uh, it was me. I killed Briscoe. I, and honestly, in the throwback that we we did, I was the one trying to revive Briscoe. It was all a ploy. That, wow, you're all right. All a ploy. You're right. He was a greedy midday talk show host, and uh, it's important to find a role you can see yourself in. You I know? wore I wore a seafoam green blazer, which that really set it off. That was really. It good. was actually a tuxedo jacket I saw on sale for forty bucks, and I go, I, I'm not letting this pass. Oh, so I gotta I gotta get your insight on the. The wedding tux conundrum that I'm I'm getting into now is what I I realize it's gonna be kind of like a pretty uh, I don't know 
old Hollywood is sort of like the aesthetic that Renee's kind of had the vision for. And so I thought I might just go like just straight black and white and just make it crispy. But I think I think I got to get a little weirder with it. And so I'm not uh, I'm not completely sure how far I can push the envelope. You know, it's ideally the only wedding I will will have for myself. Um, so I want to I want to go big. Ideally. I want to go ideally. Yeah. I want to go big and also go home. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking for some little splashes of color, maybe some patterns and stuff that's not too not not a uh, you know a Mario not a, uh, not a Pokemon suit. Don't I'll want the don't want the color to be kind of in the accent basically See, right here. See that's yeah, just do yeah, right just do this. The inlining yep. is nice. Um, I'll I'll show you the some. I was gonna show you some screenshots, but like that one, that's not a very good radio no. medium. This is just the only time we hang out. Yeah, I try well, to hang out with you outside of work, and then you kill me. Not literally, guys. I'm so Not mad literally. just hearing that Renee is a pro at this and all of the effort and just little details that went into it. I'm, I'm actually more pissed I missed this It one. was really good. Um, we, can, we can Look, here's the thing. We can try to get you on the next invite list, but sometimes one rejection actually means, like, rejection in perpetuity, you know? I could be the victim this time. You know? I actually was thinking I would. I was going to tell Renee that I, I would like to not. I like to just maybe play an envelope character and not and not die, one of these times, um, just because I, I. It's a little bit different from. I kind of knew a couple of things that I needed to know uh, about my impending death, but I didn't. I didn't know the mystery, but I didn't have all the same clues and everything. So, I'm. I'm sure we will do it again, and Dylan. You will will get invited again unless you do anything to even moderately annoy me for the next three hundred and sixty some days. Sweet, I think I can make that happen. Before we go on, I do want to talk some some chief with you a little bit later on. Sure, let's kind of sober it up just a little bit here. Do you want to do you want to just take our time out now? This was very silly for a longer period of time than I expected. Than you expect us if being you wanna, silly if for. If you want to pull that ripcord, get us out of here on some murder mystery fun and some some garment talk. We can we can come back and and get serious with it too. We'll do that. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back into the home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Briscoe still with us. Uh, before we go any farther right here, I do want to give a shout-out uh, to Brent, um, one of our good friends on the show. Uh, I got a chance to meet him and a guy who I'm close with, Ronnie Puckett. It's his brother, and he just found out that he um, he has cancer. So, obviously, praying for you, Brent. It was lovely meeting you. Uh, the Arrowhead Addict event uh, about a month or so ago. You were great. You were you were very funny. Made me crack up a few times. You and Ronnie are great people. So, obviously, uh, hoping and praying for you. So, um, yeah. thinking of you. Uh, and I also want to transition into Jamar Hamlin. I know we've talked about it a, a good amount, but obviously this is still one of the main stories of the NFL, main stories of, I would say, America right now. Absolutely. It's it just no matter where you look, this is seemingly one of the most prominent stories out there. Um, thinking of him as well, obviously there's a lot of moving pieces to what's going on. It sounds like he's starting to... Um, Positive signs. Positive signs. But a, but a lot a long ways to go. A lot of unknowns still. Yeah. Uh, talking to a lot of doctors, uh, personally, they basically all came out and said, you're not going to know anything. The fact that people were hoping for updates, you know, 24 hours, even 48 hours after the initial. I, dude, I was hoping for an update 15 minutes after the hospital got, after the ambulance got to the hospital. We all were. And, yeah. and from everyone I've spoken to, that's just not how this is going to happen. It's going to yep. be a day-long, week-long process. Um, but again, 
more positive signs. Anything yeah. we, we receive, um, hoping is good news. But I know you, anything in particular you wanted to talk about with Jamar Hamlin. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff about it that obviously I, I you guys have talked about it on here. We've talked about it all around the the building these last couple of days quite a bit, obviously. Um, and I don't. Do you know the uh, the story of my first day hosting radio on uh, Good Old Sports Radio eight ten WHB? I don't. Um, so this is going to pivot. I, I I'm not a doctor, and I, I am not a professional football player. Also, and, what, what's more surprising? Uh, both are both are pretty far off. Um, but so I can't speak to what the players are going through better than the Chiefs who talked about it today were very somber, understandably so, going through their emotions on all of that. And I can't speak about it from a doctor's perspective, other than to say, holy bleep, what a good job by all the medical personnel in the field there, literally life-saving measures, and we hope that it ends up being good news beyond that. We wouldn't even be having this conversation this way if it wasn't for their actions that first 10 minutes. Um, One thing I can speak to a little bit is the media side of it, and it's the least important of all of those by a wide uh, wide margin, but I think societally we've all kind of figured out that that media and the people you have in media matters. So the first day I, I hosted radio on 810, was from, uh, I think it was 8 to 10 a.m. It was a sports Sunday, Charlie Carlin, on the side of the glass with me. And we did two hours of probably pretty bad radio. I talked too fast and read too many stats and, you know, talked about the bump music too much or whatever. Why does everyone do that? I don't know, but I just... I did the same thing. I, yeah. we, you do it, and then you eventually stop doing it, and you figure it out. But So that was that was two hours of a good time. And then at about, I think, again, forgive me if my timing is off, but I think it was about 10.05, I was still looking at Twitter and packing up, and we started seeing tweets um, about how Jordano Ventura may have died in the Dominican Republic. And we just went back on air. And I don't I, I I meant I was hoping to bring this up with, with Lebo a little bit when, when he was in with us on, on Tuesday, um, to see if he remembered how any of that process went. I don't I think I don't remember how we ended up back on air, but it happened very fast and I was I just was adamant we we gotta be on to talk about this some, but it was also a pretty tough spot to try to feel out because uh, we started calling other hosts, you know, and they were coming on and I'd ask them some questions. They'd talk a little while. We would share kind of the, the time there about everything we were learning after we got enough of the, the hard information. And then it very quickly turned into kind of a tribute show. So that was a obviously incredibly difficult day for a whole bunch of reasons, but it, it hit me so soon into the coverage on Monday night football that, it was very familiar to me for that for that reason. And so when you get people like Booger McFarlane in an absolutely impossible spot, just being human and empathetic and saying the difficult thing, when you are on ESPN, a partner of the league, and the league's trying to figure things out, and you're saying they got to cancel this game, I don't know that it actually applied any new pressure to the NFL. They had a lot to figure out already. But that, that takes some guts to say on a base, what basically amounts to an NFL property. Yeah. But even to, to beyond that, and this was, and, and I thought everybody involved did a, did a good job, but the people that I, whose names I've written down really knocked out of the park. Booger did the best work in the hardest spot, I think, because yeah. they didn't know we we didn't know what was going on at all, and when CPR comes up, everyone knows how bad it is, right? That's yeah. we've never seen that, not in the modern era, and so he was putting a terrible that, that whole crew, and this isn't ESPN's fault. It's just a terrible spot, yeah. period. 
they were put into a terrible spot by a terrible situation. But then after the game, Scott Van Pelt and mm-hmm. Ryan Clark were stupendous. Again, humanity. Lisa Salters on the sideline. Yes. Exceptional. The whole crew did what they could, and they handled it well. Those individual people stood out to me. But the reason that's important to me is that it is so vital, because we can see the inverse when this happens the, the other way, it is so vital to have people in media who you can trust to be human and wise and compassionate in the moments that reach beyond sports. So from from the social justice stories of, of recent years to the pandemic to Monday Night Football, it was just yet another underlining of how badly we need qualified people in media who understand not just the sport, but the world around them and the importance of the the kind of empathy that often is deeply undervalued until that exact moment. And all of a sudden you're looking for where's our empathetic voice of someone who can understand the humanity of all of this. And so that, that part to me was, um, I guess, an encouraging moment of an impossible night because they were... They were were ready for that moment as much as you can be because you can't prep for it, but you can be decent for it. And and I really thought the the crews who did that were. And uh, again, I'm I'm not a doctor and I'm I'm not a pro football player, so those elements of it don't really don't really hit my my next level of expertise or whatever. Um, this one made me think about that Sunday. Yeah, I thought Burger McFarland was a guy I have talked about ever since what transpired happened I, I, he was a guy I always pointed to as I think he did a phenomenal job and again you mentioned it, it's an impossible situation uh Lisa Salters as well but I, I think Joe Buck did as good Joe, of a job absolutely. as he could have done in that situation and for whatever people's thoughts are on Joe Buck I know some a large segment of folks in Kansas City from their whole Royals situation mm-hmm. the World Series however mm-hmm. you feel I'm not going to tell you to feel one way or the other about about the guy, but he did a great job in that situation. Yep. And I do think there was something to the fact of how he handles things. He was the perfect voice for that, in my opinion. Like he he's yeah. a guy that people trust. He he has that sort of voice. Uh, I don't know how to explain it other than I think he was the the, the guy yeah, the, the that appropriate could explain person it for the moment. For the moment, yeah. and I love, for example, I love Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. Tony, as, a, as, an, as an analysis, I don't know what he would have done in that situation. But, it, but if he would have switched spots with Aikman, I bet, I bet Romo probably would have handled it pretty well because sure. he seems like a a real really human good being, person, you know. Yeah. And, and that's that's just the thing where where we get so deep, and I don't even want to really talk about the people who handled this poorly. But you'll know who I'm talking about very quickly. Whenever your entire existence is built on bleep stirring and argumentative nonsense, even when it's just performative, if you're just going to be a wrestling character on TV and you never really show your humanity or you take the moments where some people are showing humanity and use it as an excuse to be cruel or to be a clout chaser. I think it's a marketing ploy. I, I truly, I know you're talking about. Oh yeah, I think it was a marketing ploy for that person to use this situation the way they did, and that's, and that's totally that to possible. Me is, it's, and I could be wrong, but go it's, on. Even even if it wasn't a ploy, if that's just really who you are in that moment, it's reflected, and occasionally people see it and punish it appropriately. You know, what I mean, like saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't mute this this account," and this extends beyond the one main person into. Just people on Twitter not having the humanity for the moment. Like, I, I tweeted some version of this right as it was all happening. But, like, if if you see people across your Twitter timeline or on your Facebook or on your radio 
you can mute them or block them or turn off the station or turn off the TV or whatever it may be if the person there is not acting like a human being needs to be able to behave in an empathetic moment. If if you're using it as some like chance to spread hateful misinformation, I don't need to hear from you. People really get get confused, get not confused, but concerned about an echo chamber, and I get that because when you're only hearing the same ideas over and over, that is a problem. But there's a difference between building yourself an echo chamber and realizing that if some of these people were standing on your front porch screaming into your house, you would shut the door on them. And that's okay to shut the door on people who have not earned your your attention. And and social media is a really difficult place for that because anyone can get your attention at any time. Like depending on the notification settings I have on, I can have literally almost almost literally have my wrist grabbed by a stranger who hates me. Because I get a Twitter notification, I get a Twitter DM, it buzzes my Apple Watch, I look at it, and it says something hateful. From Sterling Holmes. From Sterling Holmes. That is, an, that is a deeply unhealthy way to live our lives. Yeah. That you we, we don't have to take there's there's not nobility to just like scrolling through Twitter trolls that do not care if you if you frankly live or die. There because it's just about the interaction or the dunk or the take or whatever. Um and I I am exhausted by that, but I am I am hopeful that one positive thing that could come out of these last several very difficult days is that people will look around just their sports media even and and find people with empathy and humanity that they're not defensive of that they're willing to give out freely um and to just block some idiots i, I will say too regarding the whole demar hamlin situation Sometimes out of tragedy, and while I don't want to know, I don't know if tragedy is the right word right now since he is improving, right? But what we saw was horrific out of a yeah. horrific situation. It was a tragic night. Tragic night. And, so, and, and right now it's ball still in the air. Some, sometimes you can see good things yep. come from tragedy or horrific situations. When you see the charity trying to raise $2,500 oh, and now you get to $4.5 million, you see America come together and and sometimes it's people tough. around the world what people are internationally so I, I do think it just america specific here sometimes sure. you do see the divide in people yelling at each other on, on just any side of whatever you want to talk about mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone that disagrees with you or there's always going to be something that you're not going to agree with and you see the sometimes worst parts of humanity especially mm-hmm. on twitter and social media but when you when it comes down to it america came together it felt like on that night yeah, it felt like you saw people put aside differences, no matter what you were politically, no matter what you believed in religion-wise, no matter what you were trying to accomplish. Everyone, it felt like came together for support of a human being, and that was to me super impactful. And it was, it, it is a shared national trauma on a scale that I mean, again, I, I know this this might sound hyperbolic, but like, it is a shared national trauma on a scale in a format I don't think we really have much precedent for at all. Because we we were all watching, like we millions and millions and millions of Americans were were watching this game live in real time. It had the atmosphere of a playoff game, and we all saw something we never thought we would see on a football field, at least not like that, and something we never wanted to see. And then we're all doing the exact same thing. We're all scrolling Twitter. We're all waiting for an update on TV. We are all clutching our chest or putting our our hands over our mouths, horrified about what it is that we're experiencing. 
in a way that like there's no other comparison. I made kind of a clumsy analogy to like it'd be like watching Game of Thrones live and then Peter Dinklage collapses because but that's the only other like live thing we watch like sports. So there is no comparison because sports is the thing that we all get together watch live at the same time. Monday Night Football, a standalone game. We didn't learn about it on a red zone report or you know from noon on a Sunday even. We were all watching. And the the reason that part of it, I think, matters is because it became a communal experience that way. And that when there is that shared nightmarish moment where no one knows, no one knows if he if his pulse is beating in the back of that ambulance, they drive off the field. I think there is a a beautiful human instinct somewhere in there of going, okay, but how can I help? Yeah. And the the, the immediate answer is you can't. The next wave beyond that, is oh we found his GoFundMe. It wanted what twenty five hundred dollars when he set it up in as a as a a college kid his his foundation and now it's at six or seven million dollars I think. Um, it's how can I help? So that's a way that you can help. Hey, here how can I help? Uh, Jesse Newell tweeted out a uh, a two minute refresher on how to do hands only CPR mm. because that saved the the CPR and the AED saved his life to get a pulse back for the trip to the hospital and whatever happens after that was enabled by the actions on the field at the time. And so to, to your point, one of the things that gives me a little hope back in humanity again, which can certainly be tested, is that there is an instinct within most people of you see something like that, you share an experience like that, and there is a reflexive reaction of how can I help. And that's a beautiful thing. And the unfortunate truth is that it just doesn't come out very often unless there's something truly tragic that we're all witnessing together um and, and then a lot of a lot of the other ways we try to like people who genuinely care about the direction of the country like and I, when i say politics i mean i mean um the actual building blocks of like a country and uh progress you can make in actual substantial change right i don't mean i don't mean party politics of like arguments and whatever if you find the most genuine people who really do have somewhat differing opinions on ways to like generally point the country in a good direction. You can find people who are putting in the work to help. Yeah. But it but it almost always has a, a counter reaction of defensiveness from someone, of anger from someone, of disagreement from someone, which can be a useful disagreement and it can be a totally non useful disagreement. But there there is always that sort of collision. And so in a moment like this to see everyone rowing in the same direction because it's simple. There's no villain here. Yeah. Like and this I shouldn't have to say this t higgins did nothing wrong Correct. he was in a horrible spot for something that a routine thing that he's done in his life a billion times but there's no villain there we made the nfl a little bit of a villain for a while and i don't necessarily feel the need to give the nfl a huge benefit of the doubt but they were also in a difficult position this wasn't bad field work you know this this nobody slipped and tore an acl or whatever and even the five minute part seemingly more and more that comes out about it was not necessarily the NFL trying to say that. It was more right. or less a, this is what the protocol was. Standard protocol. Standard protocol. We're not saying they have to do this. This is not a situation. And I hate defending the NFL. Yeah. But the more information we've got about it, 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 it more or less feels like they didn't know what to do. And you can make the case that maybe they should know what to do, but this has never happened. Right. And and so or I— at least in modern— There are plenty of places where I think you could critique from that moment on for the NFL. And frankly, like, I'm just kind of—I'm kind of done doing it. I, I think sure. we've poked through it and all of that. But, but yeah, there there isn't an anti-hero there. There is a international chorus of, oh, my goodness, I, I hope that guy's okay. Um 
how can I help? And then everyone just pushing in the in the same direction, and that's how you have a toy drive fundraiser. Have I haven't looked in a, in a couple hours, so yeah. I don't know how about it's at right now, but I think it was at least at six million last time I looked. I keep thinking about what it would and hopefully will be like for him to be awake and conscious enough for someone to tell him that. Yeah, for someone to say, "Hey, while you were out." Look at what look look at look at the GoFundMe screen. Yeah, because that moment it, it gives me chills. Yeah, again, hoping and praying for Demar Hamlin as well as our guy uh, Brent. Uh, yeah, uh, all you to guys Brent as well for real. I there. I mean, anytime somebody you, you you get news like that that you've got to figure out how to navigate. Um, it sounds like it sounds like Brent's got good people around him. I hope that's I hope that's the case because that is really really important to have people that you can rely on in, in moments like that. And yeah. also tell Brent that the Brandon Finnegan looking guy is also praying for him as well. Brandon yeah. Finnegan he, looking he guy. He got Brandon Finnegan, Brent, yeah. Mr. Puckett gives me about five or six different uh, doppelgangers a week, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. And they're all it great. It really through, yeah. They're Brandon Finnegan's a, yeah, is a, good a really one. That's, strong That's, that's the better one. It's solid. Solid. That's niche enough that it, it also like has a real impact for such a small percentage of people. The people who remember what Brandon Finnegan looks like yeah. will go, oh yeah, Dylan, you do look like you do look like World Series hero, Brandon Finnegan. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And also to your point, I think that we have to be careful as a society that whenever something tragic like this or scary does happen, we're not just looking for any villain because right. we have feelings and emotions that we're trying to uh, well, it's natural to try get and, out. It's natural to it's try not and, natural, and, right. and find I'm not saying it's not the, a natural feeling, but it's also not healthy yep. to just try and find anything because Correct. when you get to someone, and I'm not, Skip is not in this bracket. He definitely said something out of pocket. But there was a lot of people I felt like yesterday that were trying as hard as possible to be. Uh, I didn't really see a lot of people that said anything wrong. And you could see in the comments, you know, you can't be saying this. You can't be doing this and that. Yeah. It's like, no, I think everyone's trying to be as graceful as possible with this situation. Some people aren't. Right. And those people need to be dealt with for sure. But you don't want to go overboard, I guess, in that uh, quest. You're You're completely right. And it's. I can. There are a couple of examples that probably would, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I have great like on-air analogies, or whatever that would make sense. But and you know, I'm, this is coming from a real imperfect pedestal, I guess. But the the more that you can give the benefit of the doubt to people, they need to earn it to some extent, right? Sure. But the more you can extend that benefit of the doubt to others, the easier of a time you're going to have seeing the good. The harder time you're going to have getting outraged about something that really wasn't. That wasn't really angled that way. It wasn't actually a jab. It was somebody lashing out because they just had some feelings to share. Sure. Or or it's someone doing their best, and maybe their best isn't very good, but if you can acknowledge maybe that was their best attempt at being human here, it gets a lot easier to accept that and the, the people where they're at. And then when you find the people who have proven to you and shown you time and time again there is no humanity in there, everything's a grift, everything's clout chasing, everything is about elevating your own brand or or mm -hmm. or this is leaving sports more into politics or whatever but like trying to accumulate more power to forward an agenda you know whenever you see that from people repeatedly those are the people that like don't you you have to deal with that in a, in a different category but i think we also get really really thirsty for for the feeling of of squashing an ambulance chaser or a clout chaser or whatever like that because it feels good to 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 say, oh, this person's just preying on your emotions, but then if you quote tweet them 
They did it to you, actually, instead. And you're yeah. amplifying it as well. You you have now done their job for them. Yep. As a little outrage monster. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch. ESPN, Kansas City. Briscoe still with us. So I forgot how much I just like this era of music. Just Motley Crue. Poison, I, dude. Warrant. I was talking to Lebo Rat. yesterday about Rat. I I don't enjoy being a hater. Like generally speaking, I'm trying. We talked. We had some real big societal conversations. I don't want to be a hater. When that bump music was playing, I legit was gonna say like, "What is that? Are you serious?" Yeah, I, I didn't recognize it. I Do feel you like it. It's it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't. Here's the thing. I don't have nostalgia for. It. I didn't oh, I listen do. to that as a kid. So I'm hearing it like if it was a new song, I guess. Legit, what was the song? Because it's probably going to be embarrassing now that I don't know. Uh, same old situation. Bye. Same old, same old situation. Molly Crew. Molly Crew. Okay, just checking. I'm just checking. Just Live Wire is my favorite song by them. Are you telling me this is all right right here? Oh, tell come me on. This is just all right. No, this is a great riff. No, this, this is this is this is classic. This is iconic. But I've also Dr. heard this feel before. good girls girls girls. I've also Come heard on. that bump music a lot because I used to run the Racing Boys on 810. So I've heard that I think that's in there. That wasn't it's also their old something I play. Card Express to death. So yeah, I yeah. play that music yeah, more than do. anything. Yeah, you do. But hey, what's the wrong what's wrong with it? What's I, wrong with that? I home Sweet Home is a epic power ballad. I have at Grow least, up. I'm I surprised least, you haven't you brought know, that up in your ballad conversations with Matt Dillon. I have. Wow. I have. Maybe I missed it. I was Home Sweet Home versus... Home uh, Sweet Home Home Sweet Home Stretch. Can we get that, uh, on, get that on a pillow? Home Sweet so Home Stretch. So I want to cross-stitch Home Sweet Home Stretch. Just put Sterling's face on... Uh, you and my dome right. up who's there? The, who's the lead singer? I'm, I'm so bad at... Brett Michaels from Poison? Who are you talking about? Oh, my gosh. I was talking about Motley Crue. Oh, uh, not Vince Neil. Uh, uh, it is. Is it Vince Neil? I think it is Vince Neil. I'm sorry, I can't. Let's put Sterling's head. Vince Neil. We can get Conrad to put the. I would love that. Yeah, we can get Conrad on this. I think. Yeah, lead vocals Vince Neil. Obviously, you no know, Nikki Six, the bassist. One of the awesome, few bassists man. who are. Yeah, I actually met a guy. Now here's a guy. Here's a guy. Now here's a guy on Twitter who tagged me. It was a uh, a guy whose name was. That's my favorite Austin Powers movie. Nikki Six. The guy who tagged me. Hello? Come that was on. pretty good. That, Come on! I, when I don't respond and put my head Come down, on. I put my my dome down Sorry. in my hand. That one felt so good out of the hand that I just had to hold the I had to hold the swan up for a little bit. When I put the dome into the digits, you know, it's a situation, same old situation <laughs> when where I'm I laughing. Put the dome into the digits, rack him. He's out. I it was good. But a guy's Thank name you. was Nikki Six, and he goes, he was named. I go, I go, you know, it's a bassist for Molly Creos. I was named after that guy, and I'm like, That's awesome. This guy is like 19 years old or 20. I don't know how old he was, but he looked pr- relatively young, like yeah. college age, like younger than me probably. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what a an badass. Increasingly large amount of people. I was playing basketball at the rec, and I was playing with some college kids who were sophomores, like 19 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And oh man, it's they gonna get sad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, very much so. Damn. I gave them a bucket. I'm, you know, I just I was a walking well, you are bucket. One, I so am a walking it's bucket. Easy to give them but out. you know, and they look over at me and they're like, "How old are you?" I go, "28." First started off nice. They go, "I thought you were 24." I go, "Okay, that's pretty nice." I'm 28, and then all of a sudden I go, "Damn, I hope I'm playing basketball when I'm 28." Oof. Hope I'm playing basketball when I'm 28. Oof, man. Swift. 
kicking the stones. That's yeah, that's hard to come Brutal. back from. And I, I but, pres- but dude, you're ten years older than some of them. Yeah, and I proceeded to go. Okay, give me the rock. I'm going to town. I am. I am. You you think I'm too old to play? I'm gonna make it even worse. Just so you know, I'm gonna make it even worse. This is also what forty year olds do to thirty year olds. Yeah, yeah, you're true. A thirty year old goes, "I'm my physical prime. I'm a walking bucket." And then a dad comes over with two kids and dad strength and a great post game, and all of a sudden you're getting cooked by a father of three. Yeah, I was not letting a dude who plays baseball at Rockhurst kick my ass. I, I'm I'm sitting here going, "No chance, pal." No, you can't. You can't give that up. But again, like, he's an athlete. Like he he's playing a legit college sport, and I'm sitting here just sweating, going, "I'm not letting you just just make a fool of me." Yeah, you cannot. I cannot let you cook me here. Went away with the dub. Did uh, you was, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. I was. Uh, I was really. I gave it all I got. I could hardly walk. I was. I was. <laughs> but but you can't let them know that. You so no. you're like you're like see you fellas. Good playing. And the second you turn the corner out of the, out of the gym, you're just sitting there, just heaving against a wall. Like yes. please don't throw up. Please you, don't throw you are up. In, you are in the locker room with a towel over your head, <laughs> just like trying to hide in the corner so they don't come in and see your shame. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really funny. So that, that was pretty good. We'll do this or that when uh, Dylan comes back because yeah, I was, was kind of planning on we. I don't have a ton of this or that, but I got a few that were. I can pretty try to kick some back at you if you want. I don't know. You, you can, can play kick on the me, I, or you can. You, Dylan and I can both play it, and we can. Uh, sure, we can sort but, through it that way. Before we get to that, because it's kind of this or that, but not necessarily. Okay. Uh, McCole Hardman activated from injured reserve. Yes. Jerron Christensen or Jerron Christian, Christian, sorry, yeah. Christian was uh, was waived. Yep. Um. What do you make of this? Obviously, he's not going to be 100% healthy. It feels more like a stash type of situation, same yeah. old situation. Yeah. Uh, was that another uh, Arctic Monkey song? No, no, or, say, that was the Molly uh, Crew song. I okay, keep sorry. Good. I'm glad that you did it. I'm, it's a good reference for somebody who's not me. Do you think this is a good gamble? If you don't think... Activating him? You, oh, yeah, yeah. You it, have to. It makes sense. If, if, if you think there's a chance he could play in the next month, you got to activate him. Because otherwise, the season's over. Um, and clearly there was a setback. Clearly he's not 100%. I think right now he was limited in practice today along with half the team. Uh, I think that I would take the under on, like, five touches on Sunday, and I would probably, honestly, take the under on half. I, I would I would say it's probably more likely he's inactive on Sunday. Or Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. I would say it's probably more likely Jeff he's Saturday. inactive on Jeff Saturday. Who is Jeff active. Saturday, never, according to Kayvon Thibodeau? I never heard of him, but I, I've heard of Kayvon Thibodeau, and I would love it if he was on this football team. Yeah, I'd, I'd also take love him it, over yeah. Jeff Saturday right now. Well. Yeah, in, in, yeah, any, yeah, in any fathomable yeah, you're, role. You're correct. Any role. Any role close. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, they got to bring him back. His speed on this team matters, but, like, you saw Kudaris Tony doing some stuff last Dog, weekend, right? watching Tony go up and get the ball high-pointed, <laughs> you're sitting here thinking that's what MVS or Justin Watson you're, like, hoping do, but... Yeah, but Tony Tony's speed is different. Those guys have some speed. Tony's speed is different, and his athleticism is different, and Clark Hunt should he invest... He builds different. Clark Hunt should invest $250 million in the best hamstring technology he can find. If it's engineering some synthetic hamstrings. Oh, yeah. It's, or like, it's, like, it's like pins oil. Just, you know, yeah. like you went with yes. like, like a standard, and then you yes. go to synthetic. We need some synthetic hamstrings. Some synthetic, uh, some, some even a blend, you know. Even even a blend would get it done. Uh, I just, I hope he stays healthy. And I, I feel for Hardman because he, he was legit about to have a career year. Yeah. Gets derailed, and now it's, it's a contract year as well. So I, I hope it gets on the field and, and makes himself some money because I, I 
don't I don't think he's likely to be in Kansas City next year. No, I think but, but too if much. he doesn't if he doesn't play the rest of the season, uh, or if he has really minimal impact, I maybe he would try to like come back for one more year and then hit free agency again when he's healthier. Sure. But uh, the the simplest scenario there would would be for him to look really healthy and really good in the playoffs, put up some numbers and go get paid. And him and Tony actually look fun together and the the, the, the the minimal snaps we've seen of them together, you're sitting here going, a good point. "Whoa, this is this is exciting." But let's play some this or that because we don't have a ton of time left and this is the whole reason why Briscoe stuck around. I you know I enjoy this hour, Sterling. You kicked your feet up. I put my feet up. Drug rug laying back. Let's do it. Mustache is strong. Let's call it a mustache. Mustache. I love this or that. Okay. You know this. If you were a and super that. fan of a team, who would you be a super fan of? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, the Chiefs fans are getting arrested and Suns fans point. are yeah. lunatics. Yeah. It would require some extra learning, but I think I think I could be a hockey super fan, and they seem pretty cool. I Almost an uh, Oakland A's fan or some random baseball team that's not good because you're, you're now the face. You might be the mascot at some point. I guess I would probably— They might pay you. I mean, I guess I would I would probably go Suns, I suppose, but like I don't really want to be there for 82 of those suckers. Yeah. My question to you, Briscoe, was do the Suns faithful, uh, do they adopt Wolf Boy just like the Chiefs did? Ooh. Or are you guys in that? I look. Well, I I fair. I think I think the Suns, alleged Wolf Boy Suns, Suns fans could use some use some more hardened criminals, you know, right. to really kind of up their reputation in the super fan game. So yeah, I I would accept that. Most Suns fans are just kind of lunatics, which I support. Uh, beer or seltzer? I'm a seltzy boy for the most part. Lower carb, I know, I know. I enjoy a beer every once in a while. I enjoy the Yinglings that you. Yeah, you I bring you, I bring you Yingling all the way from Pennsylvania, and I enjoy them. Okay, all the way from my house. Actually, but, Indiana. Some was Pennsylvania. Some was Indiana. But if if you're gonna give me a bubbly drink that's like four percent alcohol of a can, I'll I'll take the cork, I guess. Grow mm. up. Uh, what do you got, Dylan? Beer. Yeah, beer. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's beer. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Now, yeah, you should yeah. try. Uh, this one had, you had ranch water answer. before. Briscoe? No, I've, I've seen it. I've it's pretty good. good. You would like it. It's tequila, uh, tequila seltzer. seltzer. I would definitely give that a go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can home make it too. Not a massive tequila guy, but it's it's good. My I, first I, I do drink like, was a shot of tequila, by the way. Psycho. I do like El Bendito Yankee tequila. Uh, El Bendito Yankee tequila. A lot of vowels in there. That's Threw true. me off there for a second. I'll, I'll cut you a promo for it if you want to uh, hook me up. Yeah. Hook a brother up. <laughs> also, I saw the legend hockey player Mark Messier. Uh, pumping up El Bandito. See, Look there we go, you. baby. Yeah. Now we're getting. Now we're getting. TV. I like a little tequila. This everybody is, on this. I'd like to get on that Bandito. We'll get Nick Lowry over here, and we'll just start crushing I'd, shots. I'd yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh, more surprising, Briscoe, not a doctor or not a professional athlete. Um, at one point, I played sports at a very low level. Mm. Um, I was never close to being a doctor. Although I have. I now know a lot about diabetes, so so it's kind I'm of. I'm closer to being a doctor now, for sure. Yeah, I think doctors the the. All right, so that's less surprising. Uh, Florida or Arizona? Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna give it to Florida by the the skin of the beach. I I, I really love Arizona, but uh, Florida has water. Or is Arizona? Arizona. What is happening to me this last I segment? Know. I I can no longer talk. Uh, Arizona is a lot of fun. I climbed Camelback Mountain. I love really, Camelback. Really cool. I'm thinking about a Camelback tattoo, honestly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like like Arizona a lot. I love golfing there. I love the weather. It can be 105 degrees, but you're like, oh, I'm not even sweating. Yeah. You're you're like just getting bronze. Then you go to Florida in the summertime, wet. and it's, it's 105, and, and you're 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 soaked. Yeah. You're soaked. Every inch of your clothing is soaked. To be honest, I, I don't necessarily really want to live in either of them. I love visiting both. Fair. 
I am the exact same way, yeah. and I, I would still get the nut of Florida. I'm a Midwest boy. Because you know why? The beach. The beach is great. Yeah, the beach is great. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a KC guy. I, I've, I've lived other places. I've visited a lot of places, and I do not want to live anywhere else. Because you know why? Barbecue, Chiefs, Royals. It's my home. I do think I do think I could give the uh, PNW a, a, a good run for its money, aesthetic-wise, but I like it here. Yeah. Uh, more important player for the playoffs, Carlos Dunlap or George Karloftis? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say Karloftis, but it's a really good question. They're both vitally important. Yeah. I just think Karloftis has a higher ceiling long-term, obviously, sure. and but both really good players playing good football right Five now. Five sacks in six games, and Carlos Dunlap, his ability to not let Russell Wilson on those bootlegs in the first half get around him I think was the most underrated aspect of his game yeah uh not showing up the box score but Dunlap was a massive impact player will Leo Chanel Absolutely. make an impact in the playoffs he's starting to come on in recent weeks getting a little bit more snap count but we know yeah. the system it might not be a lot of opportunity I- I'm gonna say no or that I guess um <laughs> Just because he, he he will play a role, but I don't know. There might be three or four guys who make an impact in, in that sense. Sure. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, how good is Dylan's Tony Romo impersonation that we were able to hear in the break? Can we get a little slice of it, please, Dylan? Can we get a little slice of it? Here's a guy. I don't know, guys. I don't know, Jim. It was better than the break. It was break. better than the break. the spot. Break was an 8. That was a 6. Yeah. And a half. Pepper Jack cheese taquitos or steak and cheese taquitos at Quick Trip? Oh, uh, I'm a chicken taquito boy. You're what now? Chicken taquito boy. Mm, you're a chicken guy. I'll go cheese next, but chicken's my first call. Pepper Jack's my go-to. That I'll one go just, it, it slaps. It slaps. Uh, who coaches longer, Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick? Probably Both. Belichick. I can't imagine him doing anything but else. Pete Carroll looks I can see like Pete he's Carroll on 37. A beach. Yeah. yeah. I can see him on a beach crushing, crushing some brewskis. Do you think he just pops in? Meeting chicks. I can see Pete Carroll <laughs> popping the top off. And it's like a six-pack over there. Just absolutely yoked. No wrinkles. Just a great shape guy. Briscoe, this was a lot of fun. Speaking Dylan, of this great was a lot looking, of fun. great guy in great shape, popping the top. I am Sterling Holmes. I am Joshua Briscoe here on the Home Stretch here. Stretch here. Sterling Holmes on ESPN. We're out. Kansas City.